Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And it is our final draft profile of the year. Well, our final one where we're focusing on one player. Correct. And today we'll be focusing on Jamar Chase, potentially the best, potentially number one wide receiver to go off the board here. We'll see. Yeah. Um, incredible wide receiver. Uh, we're going to talk about him today. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. He's awesome. Uh, there's a little bit of Panthers news, and we're going to be playing a special game that I've concocted for Jerry. Uh, and the only hints I'll give you is that we're honoring Aaron Rodgers this week. So. Oh, it's Jeopardy. Got it. Jerry, <laughs> don't give it away. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be playing a Meow Mix edition of Jeopardy. Yeah, and we also have a name that player at the end. Oh, look at that. We're... we're we're going to blow all of our game content in one episode. <laughs> uh, so we'll just kick it off with some Panthers news. And this is a, an interesting one, Jerry, here. Yeah, the Panthers signed cornerback A.J. Bowie to a two-year, $7 million deal. Uh, A.J. Bowie signed with the Houston Texans after going undrafted in 2013. Uh, he played there really well, and then he... Got rewarded for playing well in Houston with a five-year, $67 million contract to play opposite Jalen Ramsey in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, last year, before the season started, he was traded to Denver, and then the Denver Broncos released him after this year. Yeah, I think it's A.J. Bouye. Bouye, not Bouye. Yeah, just, clear, just to clarify. Um, yeah, he, he's at one time considered you know one of the better yeah corners in the league um and he did fall off a bit these last couple years he got hurt last year um so he didn't play but seven games last year and he had a an incredible season in 2017 where he had six interceptions um but since then he's only had two since that 2017 season yeah, his 2017 and 2018 seasons were really good just overall from like a PFF standpoint, you know, yeah. completion percentage when they're targeting him. Then he just kind of fell off the past few years. And, you know, you don't know if it's, I mean, it's Jacksonville for one year, so you don't know mm. that whole team. Maybe Jalen Ramsey being traded away could have hurt him worse, you know? Yeah, could. I mean, you know, and then Denver last year, they weren't really that good of a team. Uh, overall so i don't know and this this is the kind of guy i guess that you're gonna get cheap i think it's what two years seven million yeah that's that. that's um, that's great deal yeah it, for it's a good potential deal starter. for sure yeah and he probably will be the starter i mean unless the panthers draft one of these corners you mm-hmm. know number one overall or number eight overall um he's probably going to be the starter so uh, I don't mind it. I actually like it. You know, this is something that every Panther fan knows is a need for this team. Mm-hmm. Is another a corner to start opposite Dante Jackson. So uh, lost a good bit in the off season. You know, lost Corn. We lost Russell Douglas. Although I don't know if he's been signed. He might still be out there. He he's still out there. I yeah. saw Ross Cockrell just signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, Ross Cockrell. Uh, so this is a, a desperate need and. Uh, I don't mind it. I mean, the the money's good, and he's got good pedigree. So, absolutely, and I, I don't think this prevents the Panthers from drafting a cornerback 
number eighth overall oh, or with the first not. round pick. I think this is just insurance in case they can't get somebody else in the draft that they really like. I feel like that's kind of what this Panthers offseason has been. Mm-hmm. They're putting band-aids on positions in hopes that they can get a surgery to it later on in the draft, but just in case, they have a band-aid to hold still, hopefully for at least a year or so. Yeah, I mean, we sort of saw that last year too with mm-hmm. just kind of signing a lot of these guys for one or two years. Um, so, you know, the Panthers have a lot of needs, so depending on who's available <laughs> in the draft, you know, it, it could go tackle, could go corner, could go tight end, could go could go wide receiver. I mean, you never know. Like yeah. any of these are possibilities. Could go quarterback. Right, Jerry? Yeah, absolutely. Could go quarterback. <laughs> <sighs> Now, the Panthers didn't just stop with A.J. Bowie. Bowie, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I forgot. Do you want to grade this uh, free agent side? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it goes solid. Uh, hmm. I was going to say solid A, but I think I'm going to go B+. Plus. I was going to go B. Um, yeah. He, he's, he's had a rough couple past seasons. He's almost 30 years old. But that being said, for the need, for the price, it's a good deal. Yeah, I think for the the money is an A. Like, yeah, that's that's a really good deal for a guy that is probably gonna start. Yeah. Now the Panthers again signed a few other free agents: defensive tackle Frank Heron, fullback Mikey Daniel, defensive tackle P.J. Johnson, and another cornerback Jalen Julius. All these guys are one-year experience. Mm-hmm. seventh round draft picks or undrafted from other teams last year these we're not gonna grade these are guys that are gonna play to try to make the roster pretty much yeah i, I think i was reading today mikey daniel didn't the fullback didn't he come from atlanta i thought i saw that today um that was like being that was that that one that signing was reported by uh ian Rappaport. so i don't know why that was such a big deal that he that he felt like he needed to <laughs> report it, but um, maybe his agent is friends with him. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but interesting. I mean, we lost Alex Arma, so mm-hmm. I guess if you know, fullback didn't seem to be a huge part of Joe Brady's scheme no. last year, but. Yeah, yeah. The Ian Rappaport, Panthers are signing fullback Mikey Daniel after he worked out for them this morning. He spent last year with the Falcons. So there you go. Yeah, Again, not excited about any of these. Yeah, yeah. These <laughs> these guys are trying to make a roster. I mean, hopefully they yeah. one of them will pan out and be someone you know roster. Yeah, hopefully. Peps, that'd be, you know, that'd be great. That'd be a nice surprise. Yeah. Now, also Sam Darnold in. Matt Rule had a press conference today. Sam Darnold was just the normal kind of, hey, I'm here. Yeah, I'm looking for the new opportunity. Nothing spectacular. But during Matt Rule's conference, he said the Panthers haven't actually picked up the fifth-year option on Sam Darnold. And Uh the Panthers have until May 3rd to do that, to pick up that fifth-year option. And he also stated that they could still pick a quarterback at number eight personally think this is all a smokescreen yeah uh why would you not say that honestly 
if you especially if you're hoping to trade back, mm-hmm. then having that thought out there that you could still take a quarterback is smart. They're obviously going to pick up the option mm-hmm. on on Sam Darnold. Why wouldn't they at this point if they believe in him enough to trade for him? Um, it'll probably be after the draft. They'll probably do it like if they don't draft a quarterback in the draft, they'll probably pick up that fifth year option like as soon as the draft is over. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And it's May third, so <clears throat> yeah, it, it's after the draft, so it's complete. Hey, we could do this, and then. Yeah hope to trade or they're hoping somebody falls to them makes sense uh you know i mean the real question is like i've seen a lot of mocks it seems like everybody thinks mac jones is like a done deal to the 49ers Mm -hmm. uh which is great for the panthers in a lot of different ways you know number one it could mean that justin fields seems like it could be the odd man out could fall to eight yeah which gives the panthers options to either draft him or trade back hypothetically yeah oh i guess we could do this after we do jamar chase but no hypoth- let's let's talk about it now let's talk about Hypo- it now. hypothetically if justin fields falls to number eight yeah would you want to take him what do you do shoot the hostage um <laughs> <laughs> Shoot the hostage. Shoot the hostage. Uh, that's all, you know, point break. That's always the answer. Shoot the hostage. <laughs> or no, was it speed? Um, man, I don't know. Uh, probably probably not, right? You probably trade back. I mean, trade the back Panthers to the organization Patriots will or... probably not. But I'm just saying, I, I why not take I, a second swing? Well, here's my mindset right now. Mm-hmm. My mindset is... The Panthers taking or trading for Sam Darnold really opens up. It makes the draft more exciting for me. You're right. It, it opens up possibilities that really weren't there before. Well, I mean, it, they weren't there before with Marty Herney. He never like dropped back. He was always more. No, I no, mean, I'm not I, not even talking about just dropping back. But like all off season, all we've heard is quarterback, 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 quarterback. That's it. That's all we have heard. And that's what we assumed that that first round pick was going to be, even if it was Mac Jones at eight, which yep. neither one of us liked. Um, it was going to be a quarterback, and now that we have potentially a quarterback, or at least the Panthers think that they have a quarterback, it could be anything. And that to me is more exciting. And and I'm honestly to the point now to where unless I don't know if it's Fields, that's that's the thing. Like if it's Fields. Because we both the, like Fields. I like Fields a lot. And I'm not sold on Sam Darnold. No, team. no. And nor should you be. As being the answer. But yeah. if but if Fields falls to us, my thought is, why not take a swing on both? See who pans out. I'm sure I, if Darnold pans out, I'm sure you could trade Fields in a year or so for a mighty sum. But would you be happy with that outcome? Would you be happy... If the Panthers drafted Justin Fields in the first round, yeah, at this because, point, because I think he's he's going to be legit. So, with all the other needs that this team, you know, needs all the all the other position positional yeah, needs court, that we have, quarterback is that position. I know, that... I know. I mean, I understand. I completely understand. Um, and I guess I'd do it too. I mean, I guess you have to, right? 
But what if what if like New England offers you the 15, 15th pick, next two years first round picks? Oh, then you pull it. You pull that trigger. Yeah, you got to do that, right? Yeah. And I think that's probably what would happen. I think that there would just be a like a huge Godfather offer for that. And, pick and if, if you Justin got a Godfather offer, I I like yeah. Fields a lot. But a Godfather offer, <clears throat> that means if Sam Darnold doesn't pan out, you may be able to make that another yeah. Godfather offer next year or the year after to go grab a guy you right. really like. Exactly. Well, it's a fun thought experiment, and we will know in two weeks and two days on the 29th of April. All right, let's play a game, Jerry. This is Jeopardy, Meow Mix Edition. Here you see the categories. There's only one category, Carolina (laughs) Panthers. And for the listeners at home, I have created a PowerPoint presentation of Jeopardy for Jerry. So he can choose. There's only one category, Carolina Panthers. You have, you have the dollar amounts, 200, 400, 600, 800, and 1,000. Okay. Okay. This is classic Jeopardy. So, Jerry, you may choose your category and question amount. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go with the category of Carolina Panthers. Okay. We'll go ahead and start off. Let's go start off with 400. 400. This was the nickname for running backs D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart during a record-setting 2009 campaign. Please answer in the form of a question. What is double trouble? That is correct. You have $400. (laughs) All right. That was the 400. So now you may choose again. You still have control of the board. I will do uh, Carolina Panthers for 600. This player leads the Panthers in all-time Pro Bowl and All-Pro nominations. Uh, who is Luke Keekley? That is correct. Luke Keekley. Seven Pro Bowls, five All-Pros. You still have control of the board. Well, after that one, I'm going to go down back down to 200 in Carolina All right. Panthers. All right. This player popularized the dab during his 2015 MVP season. Who is Cameron Jarrell Newton? That is correct. And a bonus 100 points for the middle name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two answers left on the board. Uh, let's go with 1,000. All right. This player was the first starting quarterback in Panthers franchise history. Who is the current Indianapolis Colts head coach, Frank Reich? Nice job. I thought that one might trick you up a little bit. Well done. Well done. Uh, All right. One answer left, and we'll go to it. Nah, this coach owns the worst winning percentage as a as a head coach in Carolina Panthers history. Oh, I can picture him. I can't I can't think of his name. Uh, who is George Seifert? That is incorrect, Jerry. That is incorrect. Any other buzzers? Worst no, no one else is buzzing in. Uh, the answer is Perry Fuel. That was a little oh. bit of a trick question. A little bit of a trick question. Uh, uh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're now on final Jeopardy. The answer question is to I'm final kinda, Jeopardy. Kind of messed up here. On October 15th, 1995, the expansion Carolina Panthers beat this team 26 to 15 to win the oh. franchise's first regular season game. Please write down your answers. What is the San Francisco 49ers? That is incorrect. Oh. That is incorrect. The New York Jets. Mm. The New York Jets. I just lost all that money. For a bonus point, who was the first loss for the Carolina Panthers? Uh, I don't know. Uh, who is New Orleans Saints? Mm, close. The Atlanta Falcons. Ah. You're still a winner, Jerry. You're still a winner. Ah. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> We will take a short break and be right back with Jamar Chase's draft profile. Today's episode is presented by The Skin Store. For over 20 years, The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skin care, hair care, and beauty products. With over 8,000 products from 300 brands, The Skin Store has you covered for all of your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and more all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Right now, The Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off of your next purchase by using the code POD. That's code P-O-D for 20% off of your next purchase at skinstore.com slash pod.list. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Exclusions apply. And we are back. And this week, we are going to do the draft profile of LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was a four-star recruit and an 84th overall ranked player coming out of high school in 2018. As a true freshman, Chase played in all 13 games for LSU and started seven of them. In his sophomore season, he led the FBS in receiving yards and set an SEC record for touchdowns. He also helped the Tigers win a national title by putting up 221 yards in the national title game against the Clemson Tigers. In 2020, like so many other players we covered here, he opted out of the season due to COVID. But there are rumors circulating that he knew LSU's offense was going to struggle with Joe Burrow gone and Joe Brady gone, that it helped make his decision, and that could have been why he opted out. And honestly, I can't blame the guy. I mean, if he was already going to be a top 10, top 15 pick, why hurt your status, you know? Yeah. I feel like there was a lot of that this year mm -hmm. where these guys knew that they were first-round picks, and, you know, rather than – Putting yourself in, you know, potential danger mm -hmm. with COVID and potentially hurting your draft stop or, or getting injured some other way, they just decided to opt out. And you know, there are a bunch of guys made business decisions this year, and and that's okay. Um, At least we think it's okay. <laughs> There's some diehard yeah, that of are course struggling with you it. Know, some people lost a lot of money, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. 
That's okay too. Uh, yeah, Jamar Chase. He's six feet two oh eight. Just looking at his stats. I mean, you mentioned I think his most impressive stat, which was two hundred twenty-one yards. I think it was nine catches, two hundred twenty-one yards in the national championship game against Clemson. Uh, but that 2019 season, 84 receptions, 1,780 yards, and 20 touchdowns. 20 yeah. touchdowns. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that uh, his SEC record was actually broken this year by Devontae Smith, someone who we already talked about. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and that, that, by the way, that national championship game, he went up against A.J. Terrell, the... Mm-hmm number one draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons in this past draft cornerback. So it's not like he was going up against any scrubs. I mean, this is the SEC. Yeah. You know? I actually read when I was doing my review, A.J. Terrell and a few other NFL cornerbacks who played against him said Mm -hmm. that he was the toughest player that they've played against to cover. Like, even after they got into the NFL. I mean, that's impressive. Well, let's talk about why. we got some pros and cons here. Uh, pros, he's a playmaker, and, and he's not just a playmaker because he's got you know a great route runner, or he's fast, or he can you know as athletic. He's all those things, mm-hmm. and he's Im- improvisational. Like if a play breaks down, he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. He knows how to get open for his quarterback. Just ask Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow was uh, Joe Burrow probably became the number one pick because of Jamar Chase. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Uh, Elusive in the open field. He's got good hands. He's a great route runner, as, as I just said. Still some room to improve there, but, I mean, yeah. he's young. Uh, he high points the ball. He, you know, six feet, but he plays taller. Uh, he's extremely explosive off the line. Smart receiver who finds the soft spot in zones. I mean, how important is that, honestly? I mean, you know, any great receiver does that. Uh, and he, as we said, he excelled against elite competition. The SEC, you're going up against these guys. I mean, uh, you know, I was watching some tape earlier. And he was three or four guys that were drafted in the first or second round of this past NFL draft that he went out and destroyed. Absolutely. And that's with, I think he had, um, was it Justin Jefferson? Yeah, was on Justin his team? Jefferson. Yeah. And who was, you know, a top pick. For the Vikings and looked amazing this year. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, for the Vikings. So, yeah. So, every time we have to do cons, uh, he's not very tall. He's six foot. He's very similar to DJ Moore, his size. Yeah. Um, Which we know that doesn't really matter that much. You don't have to be a skyscraper anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, He needs to work better on getting off hard jams at the line. Now, he Mm -hmm. did struggle with that a little bit, but. You know, you also, with him, if you do a hard jam, you have to keep his safety off top because yeah. if he breaks it, that's yep. seven. Yep. Um, only played two years in college, sat out 2020, limited film, and he did start seven games, but his stats weren't there. Again, LSU has struggled offensively most years anyways. Mm-hmm. So that one year with Joe Burrow had a great quarterback he lit it up so yeah i mean and receivers i feel like i feel like that's okay like you know you only have one great year of tape on him Mm -hmm. but it's such a great year Uh, he showed everything that i think you would need to see um i I also saw that 
he's he has a little bit of I don't want to say he struggles as a run blocker, but he's not he doesn't put in a ton of effort is what I saw. So which that can be coached up. That can know? be coached up. And they said up. yeah, and they said when he did show some effort, he was fine. He was a fine run blocker. So, you know, that's something in the NFL I think that that would be coached up. But honestly, like if those are the only cons, then yeah. this this guy should easily be the number one wide receiver taken. I agree. In my opinion, yeah, I, I agree. I I see him and Devonte Smith doing a lot of similar things. Mm-hmm. But Devonte Smith is also 175 pounds at the same height. Yeah. That that I was gonna say they're they're similar sizes, but Jamar Chase is he's like so physical. He, yeah, he's so much more Smith. of a physical player. Yeah. I agree. And that's... You also worry that 175 pounds can get you injured. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I hate saying it like that. You don't want anybody to get injured, but... Eek. Yeah. I, I We both really like Devontae Smith, but... Jamar Chase, I, to me, he's... He could be one of these... Like I think there could be... There's two definitely... You know, generational type players in this draft, and but Jamar Chase could be the third. He could be yeah. that at the wide receiver spot. He really could be. Yeah, I've also recently seen a lot of player people like bump Jalen Waddle up as well. Yeah, I've seen I, I've seen that some, and I've seen where he's the third guy too. So I I've just I don't know. I, I'm not yeah. sold on Jalen Waddle like I am Devonte Smith and Jamar Chase. Yeah, um, I don't I know. know. I, don't that, know. I kind of went off topic there. With no, I we we didn't we didn't talk about Jalen Waddle, um, and honestly, we saved the wide receivers for the very last anyway because we both assumed that the Panthers aren't going to take one at eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind um, of a flyer, you know. Yeah, on one of them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I guess it could be Jalen Waddle. I've seen I've seen some where he does go first out of all three of them. So. Uh, all right, let's talk about our for the final time here. Our our standard questions for these mm-hmm. draft profiles: uh, Does this player fit the current roster? Yes, of course I, he does. And I think Joe Brady coaching him in college could also very much benefit him. And oh yeah, Joe Brady. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute. Um, will this player fall to the Panthers at eight? I doubt it. I doubt it, too. I think he's going yeah. Cincinnati. I've heard Joe Burrow is petitioning the Bengals to draft him. I mean, there is a scenario where he does fall oh, to yeah. the Panthers. Um, you know, you if you say all four quarterbacks, actually, you say five quarterbacks could go in the, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> before the Panthers pick at eight. And Kyle and Pitts. And then Penny Sewell and, and Kyle Pitts. I mean, and there you go. The Jamar Chase would be there. Or so, Devontae Smith goes before or him. Or Devontae Smith. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so uh, there is a scenario, but I would say the chances are low. Um, would you be excited to draft this player? Yes, absolutely. I'd be very excited, yeah. I would love to see this offense run with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, yeah. and Jamar Chase out there. Oh, that would be scary for a secondary. Yeah, and as we've talked about, you know, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are both up for contracts next season. And I actually want to apologize. I've been harping on that. DJ Moore has a fifth-year option next year. Oh, does he? Okay. Well, so I, I've been saying that, but I was looking into it. 
he has that fifth year option because he was in the same draft as Sam Darnold, and it's eleven million dollars. So I think that's an easy pickup if not extending him first. Yeah, well, that makes me feel a little better. Me too. Uh, but Robbie Anderson definitely is gone. Well, not and gone, we saw. But... Well, he could be gone. Um, and we saw what happened with Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. You know, we hoped that the Panthers would be able to to continue on with him, but they weren't. So. Where does this player, Jamar Chase, fall on the Meow Mix big board? Now, I'm going to run through these players for the last effing well, time. Well, I think we're going to have to do some cleanup <laughs> on the big board, too. That's fine. Let me, let me, yeah. All right. Well, let me read through the, what we've got so far. Number one, Panay Sewell. Number two, Justin Fields. Number three, Zach Wilson. Number four, Trey Lance. Number five, Caleb Farley. Number six, Patrick Sertain. Number seven, Rashawn Slater. Number eight, Kyle Pitts. We disagree on that. Number nine, Devontae Smith. Number 10, Mac Jones. Number 11, Micah Parsons. Um, so what do you want to do here? Do you want to completely just redo this entire big board and take out the quarterbacks? Or do you want to slant it towards now, you know, the quarterbacks don't weigh as heavily? I think that's what we need to do. Because like you and I said, that Justin Fields could still... I would still be happy with him being drafted. I mean, we we could take... I would say we could take Zach Wilson off the board now because there's a certainty that he doesn't go to us. We could maybe even take Mac Jones off the board. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) honestly. Uh, All right. All right, right, well, let's just go through it. Uh, Panay Sewell is still number one? Still number one. Still number one. Um... Let's let's just go anti uh, Sands quarterbacks here. Uh, so is Caleb Farley number two for you, or would Jamar Chase hop him? I think Caleb Farley would still be there. Okay. Just because. So these I, are non-quarterbacks here. Non-quarterbacks, big board. Uh, Patrick Sertain, still number three, or I think for me, Penesul. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would still have Sertain ahead of Chase. Me too. Uh, Rashawn Slater. I think I'd. I think personally, I'd still have Rashawn Slater ahead of Chase. I think I would go Jamar Chase here. Yeah. I, I'm just. I'm not sold on Slater as much as other people are, but I would still be happy with Slater. So, right, where do you think Jamar Chase would go? Then? I would put Jamar Chase. Uh, I would have Kyle Pitts next, and then I would have Jamar Chase after Kyle Pitts. Okay. To me, Kyle Pitts would be the number one receiver in this draft if he played a receiver but he plays tight end which is it's even better so Kyle Pitts would be the pick for me Kyle Pitts would probably be number two overall for me okay just just to say just to, to let you know how much I like him I, I know you like him a lot I just yeah. there's never been an elite tight end drafted in the first round it's, it's... but if he was a wide receiver but he's not. But you'd feel. But he basically but is. But look at his. He's sta- just. But look uh, he's he a wide receiver. As and, a wide receiver, then he didn't do much. What are you talking about? He didn't do much. <laughs> Both of us googling outfit <laughs> stats. <laughs> <laughs> he had twelve touchdowns. Seven hundred and seventy yards on only forty-three receptions. So why wasn't he targeted more? That's a lot for a tight end. 
I mean, you're we're talking about Devontae Smith and he Jamar only played Chase eight, doubling that. He, he only and, played eight games. Why? Well, I don't know. Maybe you got hurt. I have no idea. <laughs> no clue. We already did him. Go back and listen to that in, in that <laughs> podcast if you want to hear what happened. But he only played eight games and he had twelve touchdowns in eight games. I mean, that's pretty damn good. All right. So our big board's all a mess because we can't agree on Kyle Pitts. <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'm deferring to you on Kyle Pitts. Okay. So we'll keep Kyle Pitts down there. So you so I'll I'll go with you here on um on Jamar Chase as well. Okay. Um. Uh, so and we've then got we have Devonte Smith and then Micah Parsons. Devonte Smith, Micah Parsons. Yep. So he would be right below Patrick Sertain, right? Mm-hmm. So now if you're a GM, this is kind of just specific to this one since we've gone over all the players. There's still some players that are a possibility, mm-hmm. mostly because some reason they are spiking up the draft boards even though they didn't have a combine or anything. Uh, J.C. Horn is the one name that I keep hearing. Yeah, I, I've been seeing him too, um, cornerback. Uh, so that could be interesting. I think he would be... Uh, an option if the Panthers trade back. Mm-hmm. I would. I still think that Sertain and Farley are probably the, the top two corners that go. I agree. I think they're the best two as well from yeah. what I've seen. Now, if you're the GM, what would you do at number eight? Now, if Panay I mean, Sewell obviously was there, depends on, yeah, it depends on who's there. I mean, I kind of like our board in terms of what I would do. Um, so if at, Sewell is... Let's say if Sewell and I mean Sewell and Fields are probably not going to both be there, but if they're both there, who do you ta- who do you take, Jerry? I'm going Sewell, and and I really like Justin Fields. I this team has struggled to find a left tackle since Jordan Gross. Yeah. Um. They actually, I have a little stat in my phone. I'm trying to find it real quick. Now, since Jordan Gross has let or retired in 2013, the Panthers have a had a new starting left tackle every year. Byron Bell, Michael Orr, Mike Rimmers, Matt Khalil, Chris Clark, Daryl Williams, and Russell Okun. Mm. I think Panay Sewell will stop that. I am not sold on Sam Darnold, but that being said, whoever the quarterback is, that left tackle spot would finally be solid enough to protect them. I agree. Um, if Sam Darnold is going to succeed here, then you got to at least give him the best shot at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has the weapons. Yeah. You've now he's protection. Um, I think, you know, maybe we're a little low on Slater too, because a lot of people have him right up there with Sewell. Yeah. I mean, maybe like percentage points lower. Um, I don't know about at eight for him. That feels a little high, but. I guess if you're gonna if you gotta grab him, then you gotta grab him. Um, yeah, I mean, if if I had to rank like positionally, what is most important? Obviously, the offensive tackle number one, corner number two, mm-hmm. and I'm again, I'm just gonna leave quarterback out, uh, and then probably what tight end, um, wide receiver, kind yeah. of right. Kind of slash that because however they want to use that type of position. And there's no like, there's no like, you know, no brainer defensive tackle out there. Otherwise, you know, we might even consider that player. Yeah, absolutely. 
I personally, if Panay Sewell and Justin Fields weren't there at eight, I would want to trade back. Yeah. I, I would I would jump at the chance to get either a next year's first, get build some capital, and then maybe take a guy because you know New England's gonna want to trade up. Um, Washington might want to trade up. There's multiple teams that could Denver might want to trade up. I mean, there might be a team that's in love with Patrick Sertain and want to trade up. As much as I like Patrick Sertain, if we could get a nice godfather offer or nice bountiful draft Mm -hmm. selections, drop back to 15, 16, you know, around there. I don't want to drop back to next second round unless you got like next four first round picks or something. But yeah. I think it, you know. I think the only way the Panthers get that offer is if Fields is there. Yeah. If they get that massive offer, is if Fields is there. And then we can, from there, <clears throat> I think because you can get, multi like, Christian Dershaw, from Virginia Tech's a good, good tackle. You know mm-hmm. this this draft is loaded with great yeah. tackles. And that's the thing is we could. I mean, even in the second round. There are good tackles. Uh, Alex Leatherhead, um, Dylan Reduns. Um, yeah, we'll talk about some of these guys yeah. in, in probably next week. Um, we're going to kind of do, I think, second, third round guys and then maybe some deeper sleepers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there are tackles available, and that's what everyone's saying is this is a deep tackle draft. So you don't, I guess you don't have to get one number one. And Panay Sewell, like, as much as we like him, he's not. He's not that no-brainer generational mm. talent type of guy. Like, he's got some flaws. Yeah, it's actually funny. I'm looking at NFL.com's their prospects. They have him ranked as a or great as six point seven three, and Rashawn mm-hmm. Slater as a six point seven zero. And then they have Christian Darshaw at six point four five, Tevin Jenkins six point four two. I mean, there's not a big separation. And again. You got you got to hope that Fitter and Matt Rule. I obviously they're doing their homework, but they'll grab yeah. the guy they want and like. But that being said, I would love to drop drop back for one of the first few times in Panther history and actually yeah. gather draft picks instead of getting rid of them. And that's that's a thing that the Seahawks have done a lot, mm-hmm. which is where Fitter comes from. Um, is they they draft they, you know trade back so that's definitely something that we could see this year uh, i'd be fine with it <clears throat> as long as they trade back get good capital and then use that capital you know i don't want to trade back every year just to trade back no i agree like if and i and you know personally i you know for me it's sewell or pitts if sewell or pitts is there i think you take them um and this is again assuming that the quarterbacks are gone um. If not, you trade back. So I think we're thinking similar there. Obviously, you're not on on the, the pit bandwagon like yeah. I am, but yeah. Um. Probably not going to take Micah Parsons. No, that's that's what know. this boils down to. What I, if the Panthers like, trade back to like sixteen, you know, fifteen or sixteen? Michael Parsons is there. You, you st- take him at you that t- point. You take it. I think yeah. Micah Parsons is still a. Pro Bowl linebacker, just sitting there. Yeah, but. I think he he's he's fallen a bit in some of these mocks, but he seems to me to be 
an awesome guy. And hey, everyone, if you want to do something fun, go to the PFF mock draft simulator and you can go in, you choose, you know, however many teams you want to be. We always choose as the Panthers, obviously, but you can make trades, you do your drafts. I mean, it's so much fun. They grade you at the end of it. The grades are some are BS in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, I actually did one of those and I dropped back I think to 15th and then to 17th. I ended up getting like three first round picks for next year. Yeah. Or three first round picks. I think one was the year after. And then I got Micah Parsons at like 17. <laughs> I was like, I I don't know how he fell. Fine with that. I- yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I did a one where I every time so in this. In this thing that you have an option to, like, like teams will offer you trades mm-hmm. or, or teams will be interested in a trade, right? And you go in and you make them an offer. So I did one where I, every time someone was interested in a trade, I traded back and I just accumulated as many future picks as I could. And I think I accumulated like six first round picks in the upcoming two seasons, uh, five second round picks, like just a ridiculous amount of picks. To where uh, we would have had like, I don't know, it's like 17 picks or something in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was crazy. And four of them were first rounders. So, it's fun. Yeah. All it's fun. Right. Check it out. Now, before we go, we're going to do our little game. Name that player. Steven, are you ready? Right. You're typing. I'm ready. Okay. Now, this first... One is going to be a little difficult, so I'll give you 30 seconds. Both of this player's parents were athletes. His father played goalie at Xavier's soccer team, and his mother played basketball and volleyball in high school, but gave up when she went to the University of Cincinnati. Oh, my God. Yeah, this one's hard, I know. But you'll understand why I made it hard later on. Luke Keekley. You are absolutely correct. Because <laughs> I couldn't make it like his second thing is this player, Luke Keekley, was elected to the Pro Bowl every season he played for Carolina except for his rookie season. Mm. And he should have been in his rookie yes. season. That's, that's some BS. So. Yeah. Honestly, I was thinking, all right, his mom played volleyball, so it's probably a white guy. <laughs> And then I just start thinking about who would that be that Jerry, like, it's probably not an old, you know, it's probably not like Carrie Collins or somebody. So, yeah, there you go. Process of elimination. There you go. (laughs) I can't believe you got that so quick. I was, I was like, all right, I'll make this one hard and the second one he'll be able to get it on. Nope. Well, I mean, at I, least I, I know this. You know, I, you know, the one you did last week was way harder than this one. But <laughs> again, a complete guess, complete guess by me. So, all right, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Makes Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmakespodcast dot com. And if you leave us a five star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on our show next week. We're going to look at the later round, guys. Second through seventh, we're going to kind of take a pick. It'll probably be a longer episode just because we have some rounds. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, we'll we'll highlight a few guys, maybe a 
couple guys each in each round or something that we like um, or something like that. We'll figure it out. But until then, everybody stay safe out there and keep pounding. Still the only one cats ask for by name.